0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Today, another special day. It's Tuesday, and on the Employment Matters podcast, it's Travel Tuesday. Each week, we get the chance to dial in our members from around the world who share with us some of the important things we need to know about doing business in their jurisdiction. Today, we're going to learn more about doing business in South Africa, I'm pleased to welcome to the show Sean Gaffney, a senior associate at Bowman's. Sean, I'm so excited to have you in the conversation today, so let's get started.
1: Thanks, Peter. Thank you for having me today.
0: Let's kind of set the stage. I've been to South Africa on safari. I've also been down to Cape Town and walked on the boardwalk and had some great wine. But people need to understand kind of in total what the jurisdiction is like. What's the economy like there, the population, you know, government structure, maybe languages. Fill us in on that if you would.
1: Sure, not a problem. So I think consistent with what's been happening globally, you know, our, our economy has faced some challenges this year as a result of the of the pandemic, although we have seen some recovery earlier in this year. Unfortunately, we were faced with some floods in our KwaZulu-Natal region amid of, and we're also currently in the middle of, of some power outages, which has been a consistent issue in South Africa. Along with that, you know, the Russian Ukraine conflict has also had a visible impact, but I don't think that's unique to South Africa. I think that's that's a general problem globally. That being said, you know, we're still seeing a lot of investment in South Africa from specifically in our corporate MA space. And I think there's still a lot of potential. And you know, our president is looking at at renewable energy sources and, and alternative power supplies. So that's looking promising. In terms of our population demographics, language. I think the latest estimates are our population sits set around 60.6 million. I think our population has experienced a positive growth, you know, despite the impact of COVID-19. I think we have quite a young population compared to most other countries. We're extremely diverse and multicultural. We have 11 official languages. I won't run through all of them, but, you know, the ones that are most spoken are actually Zulu, Kosa and Afrikaans. So very, very diverse in terms of our our government structure being a fairly, you know, new constitutional democracy. We have a three tier system of government and an independent judiciary. So there are three branches of our government, each within a different capital city. We have our executive, which is our president and our cabinet with his ministers. They are based in Pretoria. We have our legislature, which is our parliament based Cape Town. And then our independent judiciary, which is our courts, and they're based in Bloemfontein. So our executive and legislative branches, they legislate and execute laws for the country. And the government is led by our executive branch, being the president and the cabinet. Each of our we have national, provincial and local levels of government, which all have their own legislative and executive authority in their in their own spheres.
0: Well, that sounds a lot like the United States. We've got local government, state government, federal government, and they're all located within the states. So it's it's very similar in, in many ways there. But we don't have 11 languages that are official. languages. I would say that's a handful. So how many languages do you have to speak to being a lawyer in South Africa?
1: Well, I think in school you have various options. I think 11 is just too much to learn. I think you choose between Afrikaans or, or one of the other languages, I suppose, what you prefer and what the specific school offers, but it's always helpful to learn as much as you can, given that there's so many different ones.
0: Well, I appreciate you having this interview with me in English, because this is the language <laughs> I would prefer. Hey, let's talk about some of those industries. You touched on renewable energy as one that I know your president is looking into, but give us a sense of what other key industries drive business in your jurisdiction.
1: So aside from energy, I think that's the key sectors that keep our economic engine running are definitely our mining, our transport, manufacturing and and tourism industries. While our economy has traditionally been rooted in in primary sectors sort of, you know, due to the wealth of minerals and resources we have, I think we have seen a move towards South Africa being more of a a knowledge-based economy with sort of a greater focus on IT, technology, e-commerce and financial services.
0: So let's talk about what an employer would do if they were moving to either moving their business to South Africa or setting up, you know, a distant or remote office from the U.S. or partnering with someone on construction or manufacturing. What are some of the key things we need to know about when we're employing people locally in South Africa? What are some of the labor and employment rules? What are some of the structures? Give us a sense of that if you could, Sean.
1: Sure. So I think the two that I think are most important when sort of employing locally in South Africa is firstly our, the provisions of our Employment Equity Act in relation to our discrimination provisions and our affirmative action provisions. These stem from, you know, our injustices that took place historically. From a discrimination perspective, it's, it's very important for employers not to discriminate on any of the grounds prohibited by our laws, which are generally characteristics which are inherent to human beings, such as race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., Then we have our affirmative action legislation, which really is a way in which our government is trying to reform society and redress the injustices of the past. We do not currently have quotas in South Africa, but employers are required to transform their workforces so that it is more diverse and reflective of the population of our country and allows for equal opportunities. Having said that, our government has just signed into law an amended Employment Equity Act, which is anticipated to become operative next year, September. Some of the key amendments there includes the ability of our Minister of Employment and Labor to identify national economic sectors and set numerical targets for those sectors. I think another important aspect to consider when employing locally is South Africa does have quite a highly unionized workforce. So every employee has a right to join a trade union. And with that comes collective bargaining agreements and our bargaining councils. So in terms of our bargaining councils, this is where main employers and main trade unions in respect of our key industries have gotten together and agreed on how to regulate certain working conditions applicable to employees in those industries. And they regulate the minimum terms of conditions that would apply to these employees in these industries And other provisions, such as dismissal provisions, how to deal with performance, etc., those would generally only apply to parties to those agreements, but non-parties can actually be bound by those agreements on application to to our Minister of Labour
0: sounds very similar to some of our friends in Europe who have works councils there. So your bargaining councils there, works councils, I'm sure you have some key strategies you can share there. So it sounds like a lot of structure, a lot of layers of government. And again, I'm that business owner that wants to do business in South Africa. So give me a sense of the general business climate. Do you feel like the legislation and government policy leans more towards pro-business or is it more supportive of a pro-employee position? What do you think?
1: sir? We are quite pro-business, but our labour legislation does provide quite a lot of protection to our employees, quite a lot of rights and protections. And I think naturally this comes with what we have suffered historically in respect of our labour force. And and I think this legislation is aimed at, you know, rectifying the, the historical imbalance between the employer and employee relationship pre-1994 during the apartheid era. And I think. You know, it's it's justified and I think it's necessary, but there is a lot. And we have a network of legislation that provides minimum protection for employees, you know, protections against unfair dismissals, minimum terms and conditions relating to working hours, overtime pay, employment equity and skills development and the like. And also, I think unlike the US, we do not have a dismissal at will. So there are quite extensive processes to follow when you do want to terminate an employee services, and there are also a closed list of reasons that would justify dismissal in terms of our law. So you would need to have one of those reasons in place, and also you would need to follow the processes prescribed by our law.
0: Well, that sounds like a handful, but again, sets out the right parameters for employers to hire good people and people to be protected. Let's talk about those that want to work in South Africa, perhaps for a company that may be out of the area, or maybe they just want to move and work in South Africa. And I want to understand some of the cross-border opportunities, not only within the continent, but across the globe. What are some of the standards that are set up there for immigration? Is it easy? Is it difficult to get into South Africa? And if I did want to get in there, are there any special programs or things that would allow me to stay?
1: Sure. So I will just just qualify before I I proceed. So I'm not an immigration specialist, so this is purely based on my understanding of our immigration legislation. But I do believe that I think you know our immigration legislation offers quite a wide range, well at least compared to other African countries, of different temporary visas and permanent resident permits. We have your you know your general work visa. That's the most common, which covers sort of the majority of working visa applications, the critical skills visa, and I think that would be issued to your foreign nationals who work within a specific profession and they deem to be critical for the Republic of South Africa. For example, your health professionals and engineers. And then the intra-company visa this is quite common, where you have a foreign entity and a South African affiliate, and then in, in a foreign national wants to come work over in South Africa, and allows them to reside in South Africa while working for the local branch or subsidiary of the, the foreign company. So South Africa's immigration system is not based on quota or, or points based. It doesn't distinguish between the right to work and the right to reside. So the the work visa also gives you know the the, the individual the right to reside. I think there's also been a strong political will to ease travel restrictions within Africa in the near future. I understand that South Africa has removed visa restrictions for some African countries already, such as Ghana. The facilitation of business travel and tourism in particular is is the main reason for these positive changes. I think something that is of particular interest is that our our government has formulated a a comprehensive national labour migration policy, which has been tabled for comment, so it hasn't been signed into law as yet, but it is being tabled to address South Africans' expectations regarding access to work opportunities. And amongst others, you know, it will introduce quotas on the number of documented foreign nationals with work visas that can be employed in major economic sectors such as agriculture, hospitality, tourism, et cetera. And I think it aims to limit the extent to which, you know, foreign nationals that do have a work visa can be employed by employees in South Africa, there is some pushback on that bill, but it is something that you know people who are looking to come here, yeah, it would be of interest to them. But we'll have to see how that unfolds based on how the industry responds.
0: For our audience that's interested in South Africa, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And Sean, we certainly enjoyed having you on the show today. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Peter. I enjoyed it. Thanks very much.
0: If you'd like to connect with Sean, you can find her bio by clicking on her name in the description of this podcast. Please visit ela.law to receive invitations to upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to on-demand content from our library, or use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks so much for listening.